This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Eh, whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 218 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Collins Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley in Dallas. We're marching towards Destination X, March 12th, 2006. And last week on the show, we learned a few things. Number one, that there is going to be a Team TNA in this World Cup challenge coming up in May. So we're getting ahead of the game here in February as we saw Jay Lethal win a triple threat against Roger Strong Shannon Moore to earn that right. And we also learned that there is a potential sex tape involving Jackie Gata and maybe Jeff Jarrett or somebody that Jeff Jarrett knows. I don't know. But she has been blackmailed into staying in TNA and working alongside Jarrett and his army of men. And Galkin. And uh, Scott Moore made it very awkwardly clear that they were going to have some fun. So there's that. Uh, going into Destination X, though, we have a few matches that have been announced. Jeff Jarrett noted that there is a eight man tag taking place. I'm not sure. It hasn't been directly said who would be involved in that, but I'm sure, obviously, Jarrett, AMW and someone else would be going on to take on uh, fucking Rhino and Ron. And Team 3D. Team 3D. So that makes me think that Abyss will probably be the fourth E-Man tag, who we did not see last week involved in that. But also at Destination X, it's going to be an Ultimate X match because, man, it's been like, what, three or four months since we've had one, so it's been far too long. So we've got to bring it back. And it's going to be another rematch of the Triple Threat. They had one at Unbreakable in 05, and they had one just last month at Final Resolution. Mm -hmm. TNA X Division Champion Samoa Joe, who has never competed in such a match, will defend the title against AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels at the event, Ultimate X. And then lastly, our main event for Destination X has been signed, sealed, and delivered as official. NWA World Champion Christian Cage, his first pay-per-view title defense will be against none other than Mountie Brown. Dallas, you said it's shaping up to be a pretty decent card. I tend to agree. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting really excited for Destination X, and it's too far away to get this excited about a show. We have three more weeks of build. Anything's yeah. possible. They could switch all this on us, and we could be less excited. That could still happen, theoretically. I hope not. Well, me too. Well, could we see Monty Brown finally win the world title? Christian have the shortest, one of the shortest reigns in history? No. Probably not. 
but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. And uh, the world, the yeah, World X Cup that they're planning for, I think we're planning a little too soon. But I, I guess I appreciate the effort uh, to try to build up something, you know, four months away, yeah. three months away. But hey, maybe we're only going to get um, from every like taping or not even every like f- two tapings. So it'll be like once a month we'll get a person qualified in the World X Cup so that it's like truly like the slowest build ever uh, to build, yeah. build the team. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just seems so random already, but... Dude, Jay Lethal, I mean, that is a big deal. This dude's oh. brand new. Brand new. But, He's going like to have a superstar said, push. Hell yeah, he is. He made Jarrett so happy when he sold his leaping stroke and pinned yeah. him in like five minutes or whatever. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's interesting. The Jackie Gata stuff is so odd. However... The viewing party on the screen, Paparazzi Productions. I'm fucking ready, dude. <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, that's the that's the true first. Like, oh, there it is. Right. And now we can't forget that Jarrett told Shelly, "Hey, you gotta go stalk Sting and his whole family and make sure that he's a true quitter." Yeah, dude. It's some big stuff. This is big stuff. Because Eric I, is convinced that he's not gone. Right. Uh, I think Shelly has, I mean, with this whole, like, camera thing, found his found his character, found his place. And it's like he's being very heavily featured, and it's going very well. He's good in the ring, and he's he's building on that character development, and we're, we're seeing more and more of him. I love it. I'm so happy. So it's really good. The Eric Young stuff is is interesting. We're really leaning into like the crazy Eric Young and like definitely we've been leaning into the comedy stuff for a while now. Scared of his pyro and all that stuff. And I think it's only going to go up from here. So we are we're getting there. We're getting to our peak, you could say. It's got to lead to him like aligning with Sting, right? That's a really good point, actually. I'd have to think so. I don't know if I I wish I could sit here and say I remember. I fucking don't. No, I don't. I have no idea. I have, I'm not looking it up either, so I have no idea. Yeah, it's making me wonder. Hmm. It does sound like that is what you would think would happen. But, like, does that have appeal to it, I guess, is the bigger thing. I don't know. I like Eric Young. I just don't know if that makes sense to me right now. I think it could make sense. I certainly would not want to see a Sting versus Eric Young match. I don't think that would make sense. Because yeah, Eric Young is a heel, but he's like a comedic heel right now. Yeah, but Sting he got Sting got thrown under the bus by Eric Young, so Sting was revealed that he's not he he's not actually potentially or he is retired, I guess, and he's like mad at Eric Young because he threw him under the bus that Sting's not actually gone. So he's like, we're gonna fight at Slammiversary. No, like I can't really see that happening. Well, what they should absolutely do if if Shelly does this whole stalking thing, I mean, instant comes back. There's got to be a Sting Shelly match. That I do think needs to happen. I mean, right? I mean, is that not a perfect impact match for Sting? Oh, 100%. It's like freaking perfect, dude. Yeah. And you know, Shelly would do good. Oh, yeah. Like hanging in there with him. So, mm hmm. Damn right. Be pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all develops. Um, as far as, I mean, that is kind of 
that's kind of all the big stuff from matches last week. We did see like a beatdown with Samojo going after Daniels um, after he fought, help me here, Austin Aries. I believe it was. Yeah, I got thrown out. And then Shelly, or not Shelly, Styles came out with a chair. And he was like, it's not for you. It's not for you. Yeah, so that happened. Uh, yeah, I think we pretty much kind of covered everything that happened last week. So let's uh, let's get into some uh, news and notes for this week's episode. Do it. And then we have a little bit to cover during the show as well. So lots of fun stuff here. All right, starting off in what is actually huge financial news here in TNA. Uh, and Dave says we don't have much in the way of details on it, is the relationship between TNA and Morphoplex, its main sponsor, is over. What? Yeah. So TNA got word from Spike this past week that Morphoplex is no longer involved, and they were the main sponsor both in in regard to TV commercials, the Morphoplex move of the night, and other deals. No ads appeared on the 218 show which was obviously our last week's episode. We don't see commercials, so we wouldn't have known that. Although I guess there wasn't a Morphoplex move of the night either. So that makes sense. Um, Larry Zabisco, who was sponsored when he tried Senior Golf, Seniors Golf by Morphoplex and did early TV commercials, has distanced himself from them as well. So no more of those cheesy commercials. So Morphoplex is uh, is done now. I, I wonder if something happened. I would not be surprised. Because <laughs> anytime you use the word distance yourself. It, yeah, it's, it's like... usually not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, in other news, we've talked a lot last week about Austin Aries and Roderick Strong, about the Ring of Honor show from February 11th. Well, they have been both suspended for two months. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, from them working that Ring of Honor show in Lake George after being told by management to get out of New York because of the expected snowstorm. So, wow. Yeah, let's let's there's more to this. So, Aries' knee injury from the pay per view um, also was an a- ACL sprain, but he's not missing any time over it. Uh, this one's really controversial, but TNA is cracking down on its problem with people no showing. Now, there is an argument that they did make the show, right? But the bottom line is they did defy the company and were lucky to make it, as uh, all the New York airports were shutting down that night, um, and they ended up arriving several hours late to the show. I don't think anyone has even talked about whether or not uh, when they return, if this will be held against them or when they come back to getting a push. The impression I have is that putting them in a good uh, position may be a long time coming. My experience in wrestling is that time heals all wounds, and eventually talent can't be denied. Uh, now, both have contracts, as do most of the TNA talent, where you get paid 300 to $500 per television show or pay-per-view show. So a suspension also means no pay during that time. All right, my only quite my only question here because they're right, you know they they did say like you know we're not going to listen to the company. That's whatever. These guys are you know making a living. Was TNA going to reimburse them for the booking that they missed if they had left? I mean, I doubt it. Okay, so then then I have a problem with that. <clears throat> if I feel like I can make the show. You know, do both shows because I've committed to Ring of Honor in this case that I'm going to be on the show, get paid for it, and then go to Orlando. You know, I think at at at, uh, at minimum here, I would have fined them. Yeah, not suspended them. Yeah, the suspense is pretty big. I see. I see both sides of this, right? 
Yeah, two months is a lot. I mean, that's a lot. Because really, in the land of TNA, two months could be potentially like three or four because of the taping schedules. Let's see. It's probably four tapings because we do we do two a month, which equals four weeks each. So really, I mean, yeah, that's like eight weeks at minimum off of TV. Right. Missing two pay-per-views minimum, probably three because you don't have any story to get onto the one that's after that. And where like where the taping like where they land. Yeah, I mean that's so on that last, you know, last few days of your thing. If there's like another taping and your suspension doesn't end for three more days, you're gone another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious if this is might be the end. I don't know for sure. They have already lasted longer than I expected. Is this the end of Roger Cronin Austin Aries? I don't know. That would suck. I actually feel like they've started to be like a really good fit here, so. Yeah, it would definitely be a bummer. Um, speaking of things that might bum some people out, uh, Apollo is also no longer going to be used. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's it's more official now. Right. Um, although he may not have been told that he's fired. Uh, he had called trying to keep from being fired, but in this case, there's no sympathy at all for missing two straight pay-per-view shows. It was never an issue about jobbing, although Apollo doesn't like to job, as he didn't even know the finish of the match uh, that he no-showed. Also, to be consistent, the company has decided to not use Sean Waltman for doing the MTV taping, and it's official, we are not using Jeff Hardy for the consistent no-showing. So we have been, we're making a consistent decision, if you are doing no-shows and stuff, we are not using you. Uh, They pretty much, uh, they had a pretty decent angle apparently planned out for Waltman as part of the James Gang and LAX feud. So he was going to get involved in that situation, which I guess aligns with what you would think they would do. I mean, I guess, but who would be... DX against the three LAX guys. Right, but you don't have Apollo. Well, you just have Hamas... Well, that's... You gotta get somebody else. That's the problem here. Well, we're going to talk about LAX, actually, in just a moment, too. Um, Now, just to continue on all of these different people in and out, blah, blah, blah. Um, Austin Aries did work TV with a knee ligament sprain before the decision was made not to use him. That was his match. I don't know if we'll see him again on today's episode, uh, but on our last episode with Daniels, um, the, obviously he was, the decision was not made yet to not use them. Um, and he wrestled injured. Uh, Larry Zabisco, Jay Lethal, Alex Shelley, Homicide, and everyone working for Dave, Nebber, Dave Hebner all got in early to beat the storm. Hemner had to cancel his entire show. We talked about this last week as well. Yeah. Um, they all had to give up. See, here we go. They all had to give up payoffs because they couldn't risk missing a pay-per-view. Uh, TNA did not offer to make up for the missed payday for the talent, but feels that with primetime national television, they don't want anyone who isn't putting TNA as its number one priority. So there you go. There's your answer. I honestly yeah. do not remember reading that when I did this last night. So. Once again, yeah, I, see, I, I tend want, to read these notes when I'm too tired. But yeah, so basically they're like, that, see, this is the thing, though. Um, I agree with what you said totally. It makes sense to me. But they signed a contract. And if TNA's got priority and they need them for a pay-per-view, they, I mean, they kind of get, they signed a contract about that. No, I, right, I get that. I absolutely So understand. that's the tough thing. That's the tough thing, right? And But this is, a, wrestling is such an interesting um, world you know, you're you're most of the time technically an independent contractor. You're trying to make extra money that you're not making at your main job. 
Um, and then they're like, no, we're not going to help you. You just got to come to this pay-per-view because if you miss the pay-per-view, then we don't even want you. Which then, of course, they're not getting exposure in Ring of Honor. They're getting it in TNA with the pay-per-views and the television. Yeah. So, and it's it's very, very interesting. I see both sides of it, but needless to say. Um, let me see where I just left off here. Blah, 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 blah. Um, ROH did give both Aries and Strong uh, their first breaks and will likely give them a bigger push. Uh, so they're pretty happy about them staying for the show. It would have been a hell on that show with five no-shows instead of three, so they may have done partially to save the uh, ROH show. Dave says, I can also see Gabe Sapolsky becoming leery of booking Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, or Christopher Daniels the night before TNA pay-per-view shows because it would hurt to have those guys advertised and not show up. Particularly if it was to happen so uh, to so many of them on the same night. The counter-argument is that if TNA wanted everyone to miss their scheduled shot, they should have paid them for the missed night, which is what Bob just said. Aries was trying to get a new deal in uh, the discussions, and when that didn't happen, he decided to stay in New York and do the ROH show. There were those of the opinion that uh, even when they come back, they shouldn't get pushed because they proved when their chips were down, they were willing to miss a major show. I I mean, I I get both sides of it. I think that, yeah, they have priority, but I think that if you're a priority, you should be compensating your talent for missing another show. Yeah, I mean, realistically. It can't be all on the talent. Like You mm-hmm. you have to have it be even in proportion. Like, hey, man, I need you to skip out on Ring of Honor, get here on time. We'll cover your rate so that way you're not missing out money. Right. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. Hopefully we see him back. Especially when they're uh, fucking owned by a billion-dollar company. I mean, I don't know what their rate is for Ring of Honor, but I would imagine it's less than three to five hundred for a TNA pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, I would have to assume. Um, there were talks going on at TV regarding Homicide's tag partner in LAX, since a lot of stuff was written to build for the six-man tag with Bob Armstrong and Conan involved. Uh, several guys tried to get the spot, including Jarrell Clark. Is trying to get his way into LAX. Um, really? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Uh, Conan was pushing for oh. Ricky Banderas, and Banderas was ready to fly in. Uh, Dutch Mantel nixed it due to him being an IWA guy and Dutch being on the WWC side of the war. So we talked about that a little bit last week as well. Um, Banderas is under contract with Victor Quenos, um, but he okayed it. It's like a whole. It's like a whole thing. Um, now, the, uh, the Loki name has been brought up, but Loki told Homicide all these demands that he has to come in, and that's not going to fly. So he's far from a definite. So Ricky Vega as Machete was used again. So that's why we have him right now. <laughs> Loki would be a, probably a great fit. Yeah, for real. Great fit for that. Um, I have a random ass name. I mean, you've mentioned him before, but I have a random name that I could see getting thrown in there. Okay. Maven. Well, that'd be so interesting. I don't think he could pull it off. Yeah, but th- th- isn't that something where it's like I do kind of wanna, I kind of wanna see that, see him try. Yeah, because if I he could, could, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 
a longtime WCW ring announcer, Dave Penzer. We didn't even, I don't think we brought this up last week. Dave Penzer started at Against All Odds. Oh, I, I um, mentioned, I was like, wait a minute, that's David Penzer. Yeah, so we said it at the it show on, yeah. on our Against All Odds pay-per-view, but we didn't bring it up again because he was on Impact. Right. Um, they had Jeremy Borash do only the main event. And Dave says how weird it was because Penzer was never allowed to announce from the ring. You only heard his voice and they never showed him. Which is something I never really thought about. But he, he's never in the ring. Yeah. Uh, now, one report was that he was told he was too associated with WCW. But Dave says, uh, geez, how much of that crew is associated with WCW? And WCW, WCW has been gone for five years now. And if that's the case, his voice would be as well. So <laughs> it, it, that's one report. It doesn't mean it's true. But yeah, what what I have, reasoning is that? I don't know. I It's weird, but. It, it never occurred to me like, wait, he's never. He's never in the ring. I don't know. It's weird. I never thought about it. Why? I don't think I would, if I tune into a show and I saw these WCW guys, that I'd be like, oh, I'm not watching this. As being a WCW fan, I might be like, okay. This is cool. Like, all right. Let me see what's going on. I don't see how it's a negative. It's certainly not in 2006. I mean. All right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, let me give you one more note, Bob, and then we can go into the show. And then I have a couple, couple quick ones for you um, that we can do during the show. Um, Chris Canyon, he did a workish website post uh, writing about how the character Chris Canyon is the first openly, I believe it's supposed to say, gay active pro athlete uh, because he says gate, I think is a typo, uh, but tried to make it... Um, ambivalent about if it was a gimmick or not um so he has has this whole write up now why we're talking about chris canyon um canyon was set to return on the february 14th taping to job to monty brown uh he was offered a deal with his new gimmick uh but like all the new deals taken after wwe the company will own the rights to the gimmick see so this is what we talked about last week um he refused to sign it when he got there so he wound up being taken off the show and doesn't appear to be much interest in him, unfortunately. So he didn't want to do where they would own the rights to the gimmick. Yeah. Because then in that case, he wouldn't be able to use it elsewhere. Or he would, I, but they... I guess if it's his new gimmick, then theoretically, no, the new gimmick, he could use oh, his right. name. I think that's the whole thing. But yeah, so this is really unfortunate because we could have essentially had Chris Canyon come in and do a, a run that we've been kind of hoping for. That does suck. I didn't realize like he was like that close to signing. Yeah. Well, and apparently he was there. He was at the taping backstage right. and then didn't want to sign it. So they were like, nah. I mean, it sucks that he was going to do a job for Monty Brown too, but like, so be it in that regard. Like, you know, it is what it is. Monty Brown's the top field going for the title. You'd be in a worse spot. Exactly. So, so very unfortunate um, because I, I'm pretty sure we figured out he only has the one appearance, right? And to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't think he. Yeah, not, I don't think he makes any. Yeah, it's crazy. He certainly doesn't have another WWE appearance, right? No. That pretty much wraps him up in the uh, mainstream. I think. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. 
I'm surprised like Ring of Honor never tried to fuck him. Yeah, I don't, that's weird. His, his style would have fit there. I think so. He's a guy. He's from Long Island. So. He's wicked good. So fuck him. Yeah, he is. He's very good. Stupid. Um. All right. So that means we're good to get into the show. Mm-hmm. As Dallas had mentioned before, it is the February 25th, 2006 episode of TNA Impact. The runtime for this is approximately 41 minutes, 38 seconds. I'm going to count down from three. And when I say play, that is when the watch along shall begin. If you want to watch along with us, head over to TNA Plus or find it in your own personal collection. So here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, we missed the face of professional wrestling thing. Oh, we're seeing the Jackie Gata highlight thing already. Did you like that clip of Jarrett laughing? <laughs> Gotta love Jeff. Bullet Bob, the backstage thing. A lot of interesting stuff uh, going on here. Eight months undefeated, they just said for Joe. That's crazy. And it's not like he's had just, like, job matches. He's had some bangers in there. Yeah, he has. This wasn't for you. <laughs> Your jungle gibberish. Like, what the fuck? I do like that Christian came out. And essentially gave Monty Brown the title match that Jarrett promised him. And of course, yeah, we closed the show with him running into Christian's locker room. Will we find out what happened? Probably not. Christian probably wasn't even in there. Yeah, that reminds me of that uh, time when Kevin Nashley walked into the locker room and then nothing happened. Yeah. And they showed like the slow-mo of him grabbing the handle. Yeah. (laughs) It was ridiculous. What was it? That was for Bound for Glory, right? Yeah. Or no, or was it the... Or was that against a lot? Against a lot. I think it was against a lot. And that's right. Tonight, Rhino and Ron Killings get a tag team title shot against America's Most Wanted. Don't forget that. That was a nice Abyss song. I saw that. Yeah, it was really nice. Pulling that pyro budget, baby. Well, oh, here shit. is probably the match that Chris Canyon was supposed to be involved with. Yeah. So here comes Monty Brown. Does he normally wear all like the all black trunks? He has. When he first like turned heel, this is what he wore. I like him better in red. Who's he fighting? Is that Dylan Knight? I don't know. I don't got the card in front of me. Yep. I'm sure he's... (laughs) What the hell is he doing in the impact? Monty Brown goes right after him, of course. I only know, know him from watching a Pennsylvania... Promotion PWF that uh, Steve Carino ran in like 2002. Wow. 
was not expecting to see Dylan Minder. Brown starting out with a fallaway uh, suplex or slam there. Oh, well, this might be the fallaway slam. There you go. There's a fallaway slam. Imagine Hogan taking one of those off the middle rope to Hulk Hogan. It would have happened. Not even in the fantasy booking would that ever happen. It could have happened. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's one of the most realistic things he probably wrote. Absolutely not. The most realistic thing that happened was D'Lo Brown winning the WWF. That's a bunch champion. of bullshit. Pounce! Oh, that's got to be it. Yeah. The number um, one contender for the world title. And that's a three count. Uh, speaking of um, uh, Monty Brown here, I saw a, of course, we have uh, on the Internet, you can find many fun uh, bootleg and such uh, wrestling shirts these days. I saw someone selling a Marcus Corvan shirt. And boy, was I tempted. <laughs> he, there, he had a shirt? I don't know if it was official, but this person made one and it was awesome. Oh, he oh, came here looking for you last week and oh, he's checking the wrong locker room. So he's looking for Cage still. Oh, he was in the men's locker room. I knew. I figured he was making a woman's room. See, I didn't I didn't get that right away. <laughs> I knew I knew instantly. He's the kind of male to be around building company. And Monty Brown is the one that you build the company around. Bring the title down to the alpha male. Urga the Serengeti. Urga the Serengeti is coming directly to you. Oh, and Christian's coming out. Christian's going to answer it. Are we going to get a brawl? Got charisma. Let me just cut the music. There'll be no glass ceiling in TNA. Yeah. It's all about opportunity, of course. I'll let you say your big piece. <laughs> he goes, we both know this is going to be a fixable physical. Let me get in the ring and say mine. He welcomes into the Serengeti as Christian's getting in the ring. He wants him to back up so he can get in the ring before he gets physical. Want to give a jury a geography lesson? What's the capital of Thailand? Bangkok. Tommy. <laughs> he he literally smacks him on the nuts. Bangkok, dude, he hit him so fucking hard in the nuts. It was like, that's such a high school thing to do. Well, the crowd was yelling it, dude. Bangkok, because they knew the joke. Well, yeah, of course. Wow, that was hilarious. Uh, that was kind of cringy. I'm not gonna lie. That's something you do when you're 15 to your buddies. Bullshit, you still do it. I don't hit you in the nuts. Thank God, dude. I fucking, you'd regret it. I'll tell you that. What are you talking about? If you did it to me, I'd do it. Oh, if I did. I was going to yeah, say, if, what the fuck? Yeah. Larry goes out here freaking out. Speaking of Larry Zabisco, Bob, as this brawl is happening, 
There were feelers being sent out to Bruno San Martino about doing a babyface commissioner role to feud with Larry Zabisco. Uh, but Dave says he certainly has not gotten the impressions that this is going to happen. Why the fuck would we do? I understand the connection between the two, but come on. <laughs> Can you oh imagine? God. Bruno San Martino trying to book an X-Division match. That'd be great. Oh, my God. Chris Harris, James Storm, and Gal Kim being interviewed. Taking Talking about the eight-man war. You got Jeff Jarrett. Abyss, there you go, Bob. And the World Tag Team Champions, America's Most Wanted. There we go. We know who's on that team. I was going to say, because they, they never said it last week. No. So Harris is promising to give a taste of what's going to happen at Destination X, and they also get the shot at the title. So it's Rhino, Rhino, Killings, and Team 3D. Yep. I would assume the heels win that. I feel like they got to. Right? Like, there's no... Sorry about your damn luck, boys. Oh, here's Jarrett, and there is Shelly with the camera. He just got in from L.A. His greatest work ever. His style is versatile. You know what would have been He's got so sting funny. footage. Get the viewing party room all dressed up. So Gail, he's telling Gail to go get Jackie to get that room together. Speaking of Jackie, uh, as we figured out, there's a note here that Jackie get his role will be the person on Team Jarrett that they all just abuse, essentially. That's great, um, yeah. You can see uh, it's to build up her finally cheering on them and feuding with Gail Kim, who will be humiliating her more than anyone else. So they're going to have Gail Kim really put the pressure on Jackie, it seems, to build for a match. You know what would have been funny in that segment is if when Shelly came in, he still had the cap on the screen of the camera, and then Jared be like, has that been on there the whole time? He'd be like, yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah, that's how it works. Oh, (laughs) get back to L.A. (laughs) That'd be ridiculous. That would have been so funny. If, like, James Storm, like, pointed it out, like, wait a minute, isn't that supposed to be off? Roderick Strong and AJ Styles coming up next. That's a match. Uh, so much for Roderick Strong being fired. Well, once again, this was before. Well, it's not fired. It's suspended. I feel like this isn't his music. No, it sounds like they're still playing just the regular. Is he getting like a job or treatment? Essentially. opponent from Gainesville, Georgia. Wearing his red and gold gear. Hell yeah. Fucking star right there, dude. He's ready for that ultimate X. I don't think I have anything I do. Any... Oh, okay, you go ahead then. I, I have an indie note any. for um, uh, both these guys, actually. So Roderick Strong was busy over uh, the weekend. On February 17th, 
He defeated BJ Whitmore at FIP Zero of the Dragon in Clearwater, Florida. And on February 18th, he defeated Matt Seidel for FIP. It's not a, it's an unnamed show, apparently, but it was in Crystal River, Florida. And on the same day here on February 25th, uh, Austin, or, uh, Roger Strong teamed up with Austin Aries, uh, known as Generation Next, to retain the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against AJ Styles and Matt Seidel at the Ring of Honor fourth anniversary show in Edison, New Jersey. And then AJ Styles had uh, two other matches here. On the 18th of February, AJ Styles defeated Johnny Storm at PWG's European Vacation in Germany. And then the next night on February 19th, AJ Styles defeated Jody Fleisch at Pro Wrestling Gorilla's European Vacation in England. And that's your notes for this match. Keeping busy. Uh, Daniels is on commentary, by the way. And believe it or not, um, after this TV taping, he had arthroscopic knee surgery. But don't you worry, he will be back for the pay-per-view on March 12th. He had knee surgery? Yes, he did. A month before an Ultimate X match? Maybe it's less invasive. I don't know. I don't know the differences here. I'm just I'm just the one reporting. Okay? I feel like anytime you say surgery and knee, it's arthroscopic, so it might be like little. It doesn't matter. Uh, speaking of um, Destination X, interestingly enough, the pay per view is actually going head to head with the season premiere um, of The Sopranos, which of course is getting uh, a ton of publicity in the week before the show. So people might not watch it because they want to watch the new season of the Sopranos. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Have you watched the Sopranos, Bob? I watched it with my mom as it aired. Yeah. Did you really? I am trying. I was going to, I was going to try to do a rewatch of it. The first season is really slow. I was just going to say, see with my attention span, I always have to be like doing something. I can't I haven't started season two yet because it was so slow and I can't get myself back into it. Yeah. I do want to do it though. It's Aries or sorry, Aries Jesus. The final uh, season styles. is is amazing. I hear good things. Oh, beautiful spin kick by Styles after they were just trading punches. I said Aries, but I meant strong in styles, but here you go. Springboard forearm. Boom. Yep. Flying one. Another Good show you could you should binge on uh each on Max is uh Oz. I don't know if I even heard of that. It's good. That's very um very intense. Oh, okay. Then I'll have to check out the trailer as we see the styles clash. That's a three, of course. They made their they made their mind up, but they're not using these guys. They're they knew. They knew. Well, they were probably pissed at this point, and then they probably were like, you know what? See, notice we're seeing a replay, but it is not no Morphoplex move of the night. That sucks. They're like Roddy and stuff. Yeah, it does. Because what's crazy is like Roddy doesn't get anything out of or anything aside from Ring of Honor until fucking NXT. Mm. Oh. 
Gail Kim gives Jackie Gator something. It's in a cheetah bag and says, put this on. Jeff wants you to wear it. I want to point out right now that she's telling her to wear this and she's like, are you kidding me? And it's like, Jackie, you're wearing a bra right now. That's it. Yeah, I mean, she's already not really dressed. <laughs> like, what are you like? Is it a bikini top? Like, oh, boy. Like, well, come on. I don't know. I hope it. I hope it's a turtleneck. Like a weasel like, costume or something? Yeah, something like really covering up. James Gang versus Team Canada is up next. Um, they were also talking about Samoa Joe, obviously, because the Ultimate X that was just happening. Uh, so let me just throw this out to you quick as Bobby Roode and A1 are coming out. Uh, Samoa Joe is said to be very close here to agreeing on a new deal in which he would be getting a weekly guarantee contract as opposed to a per-show deal. Uh, don't know if this would include... Um, TNA handling his indie bookings because Bill Barron's helps with that. So that they, is not included, at least not right now. Well, because didn't he want to make sure he could keep Ring of Honor in like some Japan or something? I think so. Here are the Canadians. A1 and Bobby Roode. And here comes the James game. Uh, they're really pushing the envelope with the uh, New Age Outlaws stuff. Oh, you didn't know? I'm surprised. Why do they have double zeros? James Gang, zero, zero on their jerseys. Like... This music is different. It's Yeah, it's new. <laughs> it's like... Dun, 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 I don't dun. like it. No, that's weird. That looks like a pair. Of, that looks like a ball sack that that sign was <laughs> cut out as. It said the James Gang, and yes, it did look like a ball sack. <laughs> okay, he's talking. I'm assuming they did the double zeros because they probably just bought the jersey somewhere and then personalized it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know what numbers I'd expect, but. Soon to be the NWA Tag Team Champion. I, I'm going to say it right now. I highly doubt the James Gang is ever going to win the NWA Tag Team titles. I really don't think they do. I highly doubt it. They're I saying soon even, to be, and they literally, that hasn't even been like a thought. Like, what are you talking about? I know it's like your gimmick, but like you don't even have a chance at it. Right. There's not even been... Any interaction with AMW to suggest that they would even get. Or like yeah. winning, winning a big match, nothing. As Bobby Roode chop blocks the knee of um, Kip James. Okay, you would have thought, yeah, you yeah. thought that he just exploded his ACL on that. <laughs> so when he does like the famouser in about 45 seconds, we're going to be like, what the hell? I mean, I guess it's maybe like the shock of like, oh, hey, this guy just chop blocked my knee. But... Yeah, but he sold it literally like it popped. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, man. And if I was um, Dave Meltzer, I'd say those shorts are way too tight on Kip James. <sighs> Even though they just look like biker shorts to me. But they're too small. It, it's literally the same type of tights he was wearing in WWE. They look like pleather. Maybe that's why they look tighter. Yeah, but it's like literally this. I feel like it's the same. It's not like he's wearing like a thong in the ring and his like right. ass is showing. Right. It's not like it's that unordinary of a sort of um, 
tights he's wearing. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not taken aback by it. Here comes Bob's favorite wrestler, BG James, throwing the punches. Don't be throwing that out there. Clear house. Oh, big boot. That was a good big boot. Oh, yeah. Who's that? Oh, it's, is that Machete? Yeah, and there's right. Conan with the Slapjack. Oh, Conan with the Slapjack. Oh, Northern Lariat by Bobby Roode. Should do it. Ref oh. ignores the fact that Conan is sitting on the apron. Well, Conan's got a Conan's got a bad hit. By the time he would have got down there, it would have been looked awkward. Okay, LAX is um, just beating down on BG James here as Team Canada leaves. Hey, Bob, speaking of Team Canada, if you guys have not uh, checked it out yet, ProWrestlingTees.com slash CrossTheLineTNA, you can pick up the new Canadian-inspired TNA Cross the Line podcast shirt. Oh, the slapjack oh. to the Gandhi. Where's BG Bullet James. Bob? Is he coming? There he is. In a bright yellow shirt. Can't miss him. The same one he wore last week. Oh, shit. He just took a homicide in Machete. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. He's ripping his shirt up. He puts it. Look, he's tucking his glasses in his pants. Okay, dude, the crowd popped way too much for that. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. You're scared because you know he can work a match now. I'm scared that Christian Cage and Bob Armstrong are about to have a TV uh, world title match. Because he can, he can still bring it. There's no glass ceiling, even if you're old. Okay, from uh, Doncaster, England, we're seeing some global impact footage. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Jeff Jarrett, Abyss, Christopher Daniels. They wowed the thousands in attendance. Sold out Doncaster Dome. A big thank you to the thousands of fans that showed up to the Doncaster Dome. It's like a very quiet voiceover. Yeah. Chide Wrestling's making a global impact. And yes, my nose is stuffed up. I have a flu. <laughs> <laughs> My kids oh, brought man. a cold home. I have a cold. I'm sorry, but we're making... Oh, Samoa Joe's in action, actually. I would have saved my Samoa Joe note if I knew. I literally can't look at the card, though. <laughs> a little Daniels package here. Um, fun fact for you about the James Gang and stuff. Dave Hebner's uh, next show on March 3rd in Norfolk at Lake Taylor High with James Gang versus Jarrett and Monty Brown on top. Plus, Rikishi will make his debut, and there will be a huge addition Whatever that means. But Dave have never addition used. to the card? I guess. But some TNA talent getting used there. Uh, what else do I got for you during this? Oh, there is becoming a real zero tolerance policy with the booking committee since Raven being gone was not so much a storyline as a response to his complaining. So they are going to be holding the booking committee um, you know, to a standard here. You can't just write a guy off because he's complaining. But this might be my last note of the night since this highlight package about the Ultimate X is still going on. The TNA Impact replay from February 13th did a .6 rating, which sounds good, but they got far more than usual of a lead-in from UFC with the Best of 2005 special. Okay. 
Can, I think the, that, can the cables even hold him? AJ doesn't know. He doesn't know if Samoa Joe will literally pull the cables off. He just said that. Kind of, pretty much. He's like, oh, can the wires even oh, hold look, him? Look at Zabisco goes, I can guarantee you the cables will support Samoa Joe. As if he's like the most massive man you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. No notice, um, Sharp Boy's coming out. But above the tunnel, it used to say Morphoplex right there. Because that's the same yeah. one Sting walked out of, and it does not anymore. From the deep blue sea, Shark Boy. Oh no! Is this going to be him getting murdered by Samoa Joe? Yeah, they said Samoa Joe's up next. So, oh. I kind of find it interesting because Shark Boy is like he's been featured with. I mean, really, this entire podcast. I mean, he's been he made appearances in the Asylum and. Uh, he's obviously been in the impact zone quite a bit, but like not consistently. I feel like yeah, he just not, like, not. shows up, shows up every couple weeks, yeah. but like eventually isn't he like consistently here? <laughs> yes, he is. And then the, but what's also crazy, you know, he was in WCW. So, you know, there's that WCW connection. Right. So that's probably why they're trying to lay off it a little. Right. Not have him on camera as much. Did he remind me? I should know this because I watched it. Was he like on TV at the end of WCW? He stuff, wrestled or was on it more uh, Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah. I think maybe Worldwide a couple times, but it was definitely more so. Saturday but not night. like Thunder and stuff. If he, I can look it up right now because I'm literally looking up his stuff. I'll just. He's got indie notes. Okay, do that. Yeah. Um, back on February 18th. Uh, the Gambino brother, the Gambino brothers moving company oh retained the IWC tag team titles by defeating the super friends, which was Glenn Spectra and shark boy. And then on the same day as the show, shark boy defeated spud for M E W in spud. England. Yes. Now, if you're going to ask me if that is at the same spud as rockstar spud, it is. It is. I was going to guess, but that doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, so that was wow. now. Let me see if Sharp Boy in WCW ever appeared. I feel if like... I had to guess, he maybe would have been on the Thunder, but I'm gonna look it up right now. Well, so I watched as we've talked about many times, like what April, whatever, to the end, and I don't recall seeing him. But yeah, so he does not. He is literally just on Saturday night. Does he win ever? Oh, he actually was even on in 1999. Oh. So Shark Boy did make a Thunder appearance. Whoa! In 1999, but not as Shark Boy. Oh, in 99. Oh, okay. He was known as Dean Roll. Dean Roll. Okay. Uh, Biting Joe's head here. Look at that. But let's see. So in terms of ever winning a match, <laughs> he he did. Oh wow! He defeated Jeremy Lopez. On the February 26th, 2000 edition of WCW Saturday Night. Muscle Buster. And you know what he's going to do next. He's going to lock in that coquina clutch. And he does. I'm going to have to review some of these. I think I'm going to have to review Saturday Night 2000. If there's a Shark Boy win on WCW TV. You have to. Shark Boy barely has the strength to tap out there. But he does. That went pretty much how he expected it to. Yeah. We are 26 minutes, 51 seconds if you're following along at home. 
you guys' time might be a little bit different than ours because technically that um, fa- new face of professional wrestling thing was a little cut off for us in the beginning, but yeah. Samoa Joe just won. That's why I say approximate on my time, sir. There's a sign that says, Joe, play nice. Which is kind of funny. Joe, don't play nice. Oh, we're I, in the dressing room I, Let's here. see what she's wearing. I hope it's something that is basically the same thing that she was wearing. Look at all the different clothes. There's a nurse outfit. There's like five bras and uh, underwear all hanging up. She just threw That's- it out. That's why it's got to be something like hideous. Oh, I saw a long sleeve. I think it's going to be like a wench outfit. Yeah, it's got to be. Look at Paparazzi Productions in association with Alex Selly Productions. Okay, we're seeing that Ron Killings uh, video package again, or another version of it. Of course, we're seeing that he's got more of a, a singles focus now with these highlight packages. These are very similar to the Rhino ones we saw yeah. before um, Unbreakable. Or on for Lori. Yeah. I've been watching some NWA Wild Side from the beginning of that promotion, and uh, Ron Killings was there as a K Crush. Oh. And even in 1999, early 2000, which he had actually signed with WWF at that point, you could see the potential in this guy, even back then. So it's not surprising. Oh, and then I was watching Metal. Shout out to all my, you know, D level shows. Your metalheads. Yeah. And then he, you know, this is obviously before he won the NWA world title that we're seeing here, but he was having some good matches on metal. And I'm, and I thought if, you know, the Alliance uh, angle never happens, he probably gets a, a better shine in the long run, but they had to bring in, you know, 85 other wrestlers from WCW kind of knocked him down the totem pole. Eventually, you know, let go. Ron sees himself coming out of a cocoon. I kind of, okay, I kind of like. Okay, I kind of, I understand the approach here. Like, oh, I've been standing idly by, but now I'm like out of the three life crew. So I'm like, I'm going to kind of go back up the ranks. So, I mean, there's potential there, I guess. We got a tag team title match here. Coming up next, the main event of the show. A makeshift team of Rhino and Ron Killings are getting a tag team title shot. Yeah, I don't like love that, to be honest, but. I don't hate it. I just wish there was more of a reasoning behind it. Essentially, it's like. Oh, look, we're seeing Rhino uh, gore Abyss through those four tables off the upper deck. Here comes Ron Killings. I like how we're being told that he's going to get more of a singles push, which, by the way, Dave said that as well. Um, and here he is in a tag team title match. Yeah. What's up? What's up? People over here, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? He's not really getting a big reaction or anything. They're all chanting, what's up? What are you talking about? No, but even like the just the vibe of it, it's just like they're not really connected to it. We find the defendants guilty. Let's go, baby. My favorite TNA tag team. Maybe tied with the machine guns. America's most wanted. I still can't believe how good they are as like a heel team. 
after how good they were as baby faces for so long, I still can't. It's like crazy. Oh shit! Oh, he just pushed gee, a fan. I thought he time. was about to punch me in the face. So did I. I seriously got so scared <laughs> that James Jones would have decked a fan. Also, you need to text your friend and tell him he needs to steal Chris Harris's moves. My friend. Yeah, Nick. Oh yeah. You send him send him a Chris Harris match and be like, you need to do these moves. Right. Yeah. Sound like a YouTube video, but hey man. I was gonna I almost commented on the picture you posted with him and was gonna be like, Can you please do it? <laughs> Start doing the catatonic. He could definitely do it. Well yeah. James Storm and Ron Killings kicking us off. Rudy Charles is your referee. I'm not quite expecting a ref bump. Usually that's Andrew Thomas, but. March 12th. Just two weeks away. That's crazy. We have two more episodes of Impact after this, and then we are at the show. I like that more than when. I like it at four weeks instead of when it's like, oh, you have seven weeks before you get to. Well, yeah, that shit sucked. Show. Missile drop kick by Ron to Storm. Oh, he put his hat on. Oh, right. Why is he wearing the hat? Because he drop kicked him out of his hat. Oh, it fell off. I will say one thing that bugs me with Ron is his fucking buckles are always jingling. Oh, I don't know if I ever noticed. That's going to drive me nuts now. You don't hear that like constant little j- like jiggle of the keys. I guess I never paid attention to it. But... This belt buckle mm. it has just a whole bunch of just metal on it. It's really sad. And now it's going to drive me absolutely insane. You're welcome. Oh, Rhino with a spear of well, it's not really a gore, but it's pretty much a gore to Harrison. Of sends Harrison to the floor right in front of fans. He lands. I like how Rhino cleans house and then he has to stand on the apron and not do a thing because Ron can't make the tag. That's great. Flatliner by Storm to Storm there by Ron. Probably should have tagged out to Rhino, but he didn't. Harris breaks the cover. Oh, Rhino. Rhino's had enough. He's going after Harris. They're brawling yeah. to the floor. Yeah, he's not going to let that happen. Uh-oh. Back in the ring, Ron and Storm collide on stereo cross bodies. They're laid out. Ryan just sent Harris into the stage. The brown up on the ramp. Yeah. About to see a gore? Nah, dude. I best is about to get him from behind right now. Coming out of that ramp. Who's that? That's fucking Abyss, best, dude. I told you. Just the camera angle made it so obvious that he was coming up. Oh, slam Rhino on the ramp. Oh, here comes James Mitchell. He's going to click, click, boom. Okay. Doomsday. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
And it's, I'm not even like warming up to it. Um. <laughs> oh my god! I don't holy, remember seeing this. Holy shit! He just did a belly to belly suplex through the entrance area. I think it's a black hole slam through the fucking. That's oh, what they're okay. saying. A black hole slammed him oh, through wow, the side okay. of the stage. What the fuck, dude? I did not see that one coming. <laughs> I never even remember seeing that happen in my life. I knew about the wall, but I did not know about that. They're saying the referee didn't see that somehow. And I guess he's focusing on the in-ring action. Well, as you Charles should. really can't even see over the top rope. To oh, what a super kick by James Storm taking out Ron Killings. It's got to be the death sentence call, right? Yep, they sure are. You're going to pin him clean? What a push for Ron Killings here. I was just going to say, like, what? that's got to be it. That's it. That's bizarre booking. Here's all these highlight packages about his hard life and how he was a former heavyweight champion. And Okay, we're going to pin him clean. Uh, He's done. Wow. Harrison Storm retained the NWA tag team titles here. This is standing after he just black hole slammed Rhino through the fucking stage wall. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of considering that more of a segment than a match, really. Ready? Here's the video. That was insane. I feel like. See, but look how he does it. It's. It's sort of a black hole slam. Yeah. He should have, he should have like held his arm and pulled him in or something to do it. Yeah, that definitely looks like more of a belly to belly suplex. Okay, we're going to the viewing party now to end our show. It seems. Okay, so Jarrett, Kim, JB's back here uh, with a microphone. Shelly's in the chair, getting ready to hit play. Jackie Gate is behind the changing thing. Uncle Jeff, Shelly calls him. Listen, moron, watch this. Where's Jackie? I don't know, Jeff. Right behind you. Galcom goes, Jackie, you're wanted out here. How did she not not see that? What the fuck is that? Is she, like, supposed to be a maid or something? Oh, you wanted that, um... That wow. copy of that tape? Well, oops, I dropped it, he says. Oh, she's covering her butt up. He's like, oh, that is so nice. What is happening? Yeah, nothing has changed really with her luck. Paparazzi Productions. There's Stinger in the school parking lot okay. at 2.45, 3 p.m. He's filming children. This is a felony. So it's fine. And a school property. He's going to be put on a list. Yeah, he is. Come on, world's greatest dad. Sting showing off the ground. On the way to Sting's house, 2.59 p.m. Talking about an unlisted address, but you lay bait out there and an animal takes it. So he's following him to his house. There it is. There's Sting's house. Like filming him through the the fence from a distance. That's a nice pad. 
<laughs> I definitely want something like this when I move out of my apartment. Sting's backyard. Sting's wife. Playing with the kids in the playground. He's like, I had his camera on himself. He's like, Jeff, I'm in, I'm in Sting's backyard right now. He did pretty well for himself. But they, they're not good. Good thing Sting taught him how to play basketball. Besides that shot, they got lucky. <laughs> hey, Sting leaves house. Look, at he's on the highway driving next to him. Eddie Bauer edition. Just for the record, not that I could read it very well, but they were not necessarily censoring Sting's license plate. <laughs> no. Feel that burn in your upper, upper uvulas as Sting goes into the Gold's gym. Okay, they say award-winning. We're back to the backstage area now. Showtime. Are you convinced now that Sting's a quitter? Eric Young says no. See, he's working out. Yeah, he's insane. getting ready to come back. I know it. I feel it. He's going to get me first. We're definitely getting Eric Young and Sting match, dude. Yeah, we are. No more Showtime. That's his thing. His name. My name's Eric. Don't call me Showtime. Oh, now Jared's mad. Oh. Good work, Alex. You didn't even convince this moron. Go out to L.A., go to his house in one way or another. He wants you to film him saying, I quit. So he's sending Alex back out to L.A. Ask him, did you quit on teenage management? Did you retire? Are you done? Sting's a quitter, they're saying. Eric goes, this is the worst idea yet. He's coming back. And there we go. We go off the air. Yeah, so I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. The, the Jackie Gator thing, does. she was literally just wearing a more, she was wearing like a, like a maid's outfit or whatever, but it was still like sexy. That is dumb. I don't like this Jackie Ada stuff. I don't like that she turned from like a essentially like a strong, like speak for myself woman. I'm not going to listen to none of your shit. And now she's like, well, I don't want this tape to come out. So I guess I'm just going to listen to Jeff Jarrett sit here in this maid outfit. Yeah. I don't know. I, we're never going to find out what's on that, by the way. I'm not saying I like, like it. I'm just saying not if honest. I were to embarrass her, I would flip it and have it be like something. Covering silly or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, anyways, what'd you think of that episode? Um, it was it was fine. Yeah, I agree. I think it's fine. I like last week's better, but I still give this one. I'll give it a thumbs up. Still, I didn't think it was bad. Action was good, and I'm popping for paparazzi productions, man. So that's always gonna get me. 
Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it's not. I can't. It's not a bad show. Yeah, pretty. It's not a bad show. So I mean, it's pretty, pretty average. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I would say I'm that. Not gonna say a bad show for it. So. Well, two two more episodes of Impact, and we are at Destination X. We have figured out what that eight man tag is, so that's good. And I wouldn't be surprised if we really only find out maybe one or two more matches, if that, and then the rest will kind of just be up to a. That's what they tend to do, right? We're probably going to see that six man with Bullet Bob Armstrong and Conan. I would have to assume. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I don't really know what else the plan would be. Probably maybe they'll do a World X Cup qualifier or something or another at that show as well. I would not be surprised with that. So, um, still shaping up to be pretty good, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think the the main. Well, we know like the main three. Which right. is fine. The eight man, Ultimate X, and Cage Brown. So then, like you were saying, if there's a six man with Bob, mm-hmm. that's the four. I mean, you're probably just going to fill it out after that. Just like, I don't want to say filler, but. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Kind of be like another situation, like uh, against all odds, like the first half is like whatever, and then. You pick it up on the second half. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen. Which is, you know, that's fine, I guess. But That's fine. Uh, Yeah, all right. Well, we're two weeks away from Destination X. Our next episode is on March 4th. I'm excited. I, I think it's well. Good. We can continue to see if Sting is a quitter. Is Jackie Gata just continually going to be blackmailed? Or will she stand up for herself? We're probably probably a long ways away from any of that happening. But continue to follow us through this journey of TNA. We are the OGs from day one. Important to note that. Day one. Live watching this stuff. For the better part of going on four years. That's crazy. That's crazy. So... We'll see you guys next week. Until then, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Conn Jr., and this has been the TNA Across the Line podcast.